What's up, everybody? Welcome back to episode five of Impactful Conversations. Today's guest was the great and powerful Caitlin Wernsing. Absolutely incredible listen, incredible story um, from her beginning of her life to where she is now. And then gets into how fitness has just impacted her, her life and how she's become a badass woman and and just continue to go and growing and uh, something that uh, she feels very strongly about. So I hope you guys really enjoy the conversation. I know Trevor and I did. As always, uh, please subscribe, rate, send us any feedback uh, our way. And hope you enjoy. Thanks. Caitlin Wernsing. And we are live. This is episode five uh, we were welcoming on a very special guest, Caitlin Wernsing, um, coming at you. We also have Trevor back on as well, as yes, always, as my yes, co-host, yes. and then myself. So, Caitlin, welcome, yes. welcome. Hi. So, really funny, you just said that this is episode five, and, like, five is, like, it made me smile, because five is, like, my number for everything, and I even, like, <laughs> bra- uh-huh. thankfully, I even, like, branded, well, I didn't do it, but one of my friends branded the number in my ankle when I was in high school, because that was my number for softball, and thankfully, when I went to college, I was also number five, so it, this just works out that <laughs> wow. I'm on episode five. Well, that we, we, if you didn't know, we did that absolutely on purpose, 100% on purpose. <laughs> you guys really did your research all. on me, huh? That's right. That's right. So, wait, so wait you, you have a brand on your ankle with the number I five. What were, you, what were you going to do? First of all, how did that feel? And second of all, what were you going to do if you were a different number in college? <laughs> Ooh, oh, God. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that's a really great question. If I was a diff- different number in college, I feel like I would have just felt like a fool. I don't even know what to do. Hide it at all costs. I have no idea. <laughs> um, you could have you just went with like 50. You know, and then just yeah. added a zero. Zero, yeah. Oh, that's, that's such a good point. Good. Like twenty-five, we could work with this. There's yeah, a lot you of ways. Can... Fifteen, we can do. We could do a lot with this. Yeah, you could figure <laughs> it out. Nice, right, nice right. There. Yeah, that was good. But um, yeah, I was actually uh, it's, it's hor it's a horrible story because I feel like when I like uh, I guess when I was in college, like you heard of people doing it with like, do y'all remember like the uh pencil eraser burn tattoos y'all remember that <laughs> no <laughs> your friend group sounds a lot different than my friend group back in high school uh, I would agree. I would, okay I would okay okay well okay so that i feel like that was the cool thing to do back then i didn't do it that way though um i actually did it one of my well, friends seriously thankfully i didn't do it that way i don't know if the way that i did it was much better um, so one of my friends, we were watching, no, no joke. I'll never forget this. We were watching the princess diaries. <laughs> oh. Yes, I know. I know. And, um, she, I don't know where this idea even came from, but we had a lighter and a screwdriver Wow. and it's about okay. the, ta- the little burn is about an inch, maybe an inch and a half tall and she just would get it hot and press it on my ankle and get it hot and press it on my ankle and get it hot we didn't do a lot we didn't like draw it out or anything it was just like free-handed five Mm. it's pretty much an s at this point (laughs) (laughs) well so okay five because it's 
<laughs> but yes, it, thanks for episode five. <laughs> yeah, yes, yeah. And going off that, so all right, so that you did that in high school, and where did you go to high school? Where did you grow up? You know, mm-hmm. I know Trevor knows some of these things, but I'm brand new to the life of Caitlin, so I, I got yeah. to ten to fifteen listeners as well. Yes, and the ten to fifteen listeners definitely are curious. Yeah, of course. Um, up in Clemens, North Carolina. Um, I'm actually, I was actually born in Florida, but I don't claim Florida. Um, no offense to Florida. (laughs) 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 Um, but, uh, yeah, I'm from Clemens, Carolina. Um, and I went to, I guess, yeah, I grew up there. Uh, super Southern. I had such a bad twang back then. And, uh, I went to West Versailles High School and, Played just about every sport that you could possibly imagine. Um, and that's actually what took me to college, uh, was playing softball. Awesome. So you, was your favorite sport softball, or was that just the sport you were best at? Mm. Oh, that's a good question. Neither, uh, surprisingly. So I was um, – it's <laughs> – it's a, it's a, yeah, I was a, a child of divorced parents, and um, – I actually loved soccer. Soccer was like my most favorite sport. I played literally every sport under the sun that you could possibly play. I swam competitively. I played softball. I played softball, volleyball. Well, I actually played baseball um, until I got to high school. I played baseball and was really the only girl on my teams. And then when I got to high school, they actually, the baseball coach actually forced me to play softball um, because baseball is for boys. <laughs> which is not true uh, for everyone listening. It's a bunch of BS. Um, Yeah, so I was actually a really good soccer player, and soccer and softball are actually the same uh, season, so they're both spring sports. Um, But my freshman year in high school, um, I was – my parents, how how the custody agreement was worked out, um, we would switch on the weekends. So we would switch to the other parent on Sundays. Mm. Um, And so when I was with my mom, I was able to do what I wanted to do and play what I wanted to play. And so I was was at a soccer tournament. Um, I promise this story is going somewhere. (laughs) So I was at a soccer tournament and um, this like this weekend actually like changed the trajectory. I feel like for my like sports career Um, and Sunday came and then it was my dad's week coming up. And so my dad actually took me to a, uh, a softball tournament um, and I played softball and I actually ended up breaking my foot. Um, and during this time, it was like starting my freshman year of high school. I remember I had just made like the, the JV basketball team. Um, I had gone to like a couple practices, but, um, yeah, I ended up breaking my foot. My dad didn't, didn't take me to the hospital. Um, so I had like a whole week of being on this bum broken foot in like six different places. It was really bad. Um, and I went to then my mom's house the following weekend and that was when I went to the hospital and that's when we found out my foot was broken. Well, it was like the longest recovery you could possibly imagine. Um, Mm. And so it actually was like a six month recovery for me. Yeah. So I missed all of basketball season um, and then getting into going into like your spring sports and like tryouts. I miss tryouts. Um, the, the really awesome thing about softball was that my sister 
um, she was a she was a senior when I was a freshman. Um, and the so the softball coach actually knew of me because of my sister um, and had seen me play baseball. Um, and so this but the soccer coach uh, didn't really know me and I didn't really know them that much either. And, and as an incoming freshman. Um, and so I was actually put on the varsity softball team my freshman year. I started to take the book during games. Um, and then eventually like halfway through the season, I was playing, uh, which was really awesome. But, um, yeah, so softball was not my first choice. (laughs) 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 Long story short, it kind of really fell into my lap. I remember my coach, um, his name's Kevin Beatty. He is, uh, just an amazing human being and a father figure for to me and I really would not be the woman that I am today without him in my life um and yeah he just I remember how nervous he was like every year of like okay Mm. like what are you gonna play this year are you gonna come back like what are we doing how are you feeling um and then and then Kate where did did you so this is in high school right yeah so then now you become a superstar or something do you where do you where do you go after that where do you go yeah well so I was actually super lucky um I was asked to play on a really really competitive um travel team a softball team uh we were coached by the man who actually started fast pitch softball in the state of North Carolina so like incredible it's it's so incredible to play for him uh his name was Ray Chandler he passed away when I was in college um but yeah so I actually was asked to play on this team um and the goal of this team is to uh is for all the players to play at the collegiate level and so once I got on that team I got on that I was on that team pretty young so I actually started um gosh I was it may have been the I don't even remember the timing of it but I played on that team I believe I may have started like just after my freshman year that I did like an actual tryout um, and made the team and then uh, was playing for this like crazy incredible softball team and then I recruited and in softball like I knew you get you can get recruited I knew pretty early so I had signed my junior year um, in high school and so my whole senior year I knew where I was going to college I was on scholarship and all that jazz <laughs> and all that jazz yeah <laughs> That's awesome, though. It's it's probably so you know. I so me and Trevor, you know, also competed in college, but you know, I don't know how you about you, Trevor. But I basically signed my letter of intent at the last possible moment to go and uh, and wrestling college. I don't know about you, Trevor, but yeah, can you talk a little bit about how you know knowing where you were going to go already, how you approached you know the your your final year and a half, right? Because you already kind of knew what you were doing and where you were going. So was the approach any different? Was it more of a get ready for college kind of thing or was it kind of like uh we're still gonna have fun and I'm you know the best player out here right now (laughs) I wish I had that mentality oh my gosh um so actually it's not it's really actually not that cut and dry for me um I I had a couple schools that were interested in me and so that was a big decision of where I was gonna go and like I said I did sign with JMU um pretty early but I I know that I was still having some uh, second thoughts about it. Um, I know that Trevor. I don't know if this was the same for you, but I always felt like where 
where I'm from, where we're from in North Carolina, um, it just there was so many people going to the military. So many. Yes. Oh <laughs> uh, well, I grew up about 25 minutes from Fort Bragg, so oh, I get that. You get too. it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, yes. Yes. So, and for me, um, I really didn't have a love for softball. Um, I was good at it, and I was so, so, so lucky to be good at it. And I had the right people um, really help me get to where I was. I remember I had to be sponsored to play on the soft, the travel team because I was growing up. Um, and my parents, my mom really uh, couldn't afford for me to play and travel and get seen and get recruited. Um, but, but, uh, yeah, talking about the military. So I was actually really pulled to join the Marines cause I felt like it was so much more my speed. Um, and so it was actually a really huge decision for me if I wanted to one, join the military and get, become a Marine Two, I didn't even know if I really wanted to play. So again, I had signed. Yes. But I was still having second thoughts about, do I really want to play softball? Like I don't love mm. the game. Um, and this is going to be my life for the next four years, five years, right? you know? Um, and then, and, or do I want to go and play softball? And so that was, I was definitely still having second thoughts with that. Um, I was so excited about JMU. I had such a wonderful visit. It was in a place where, you know, uh, I was far enough away from home, but wasn't too far away from home, which was really nice. Uh, so it's in Harrisonburg, Virginia for anyone who is not aware of that. Um, <laughs> And, um, beautiful campus. Yes. Beautiful campus. It is. Yes, the purple and gold. Um, yeah, so, and I was also, um, I had a really strict upbringing, so um, I am also a child of abuse, um, and so I was never a party animal. I wasn't allowed to be. I was afraid to be, um, and so I was uh, pretty innocent back then, <laughs> and that's probably why I didn't really think I was that good at softball. You know, it's, it's all these things that come back that you think about later. That's probably why I was just like, well, I guess I'm good. I don't really know. This is where we're at. I guess I'm doing this. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I just I feel like I just was grinding out with uh, my schoolwork and like just playing ball as much as I possibly could, because if I was going to be playing, I also wanted to to play like I wanted to start I wanted to right. come in somewhere yeah. and I didn't want to sit on the bench I wanted to play I wanted to play all four years like I really wanted to I worked hard my my mom worked so hard to get me there uh my the other my coaches like the other men in my life who really truly raised me um they put so much into my success and uh yeah I just feel like I just had to put as much as possible into that so that they would be, so that I could, I don't even know what it was. I just wanted to make them proud. Okay, mm. mm. that's so, so good. Oh, my God. I can't. Well, the, and, so, and so that moment, I'm guessing, so, so kind of, you know, you know, you said you were considering going to Marines. You know, you had a lot of things going on at the time. Was there a, was it the, the visit to JMU that, you know, kind of decided it for you? Or was there a a moment or something that happened or an epiphany. I can't even say that word. Jesus. Well, she saw um, a scholarship check. That's what, that's what <laughs> <laughs> or, uh, yeah, or, you know, what was the, uh, you know, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I mean, Hey, for, for all of us that, you know, went to play college, you know, sports, that's always a thing, right? Yeah. It's a little bit of uh it kind of, it, it makes you happy. It's like, Oh, this, this is kind of paying off here. The work is, uh, there's a, it look, it's not a real paycheck, but it looks like a paycheck when you sign it. Yeah. So. 
but yeah, was there like a moment or, or something that happened or was there, or was it kind of just organic in the way it became and it became your decision at the, you know, once you graduated? I can remember sitting at my kitchen table, filling out the application, which again, it's not really in college application at that point. It's really just like another step that you have to take to be able to play a right. sport. I remember, <laughs> this sounds horrible. It sounds really horrible. Um, but I remember sitting there and talking to my mom and just being like, I don't know if this is right. Like, I don't know if this is right. Like filling out my application. But I think, um, I think that, yeah, I mean, being on scholarship and, and so when I was, let's see, I guess my senior year, um, at that point, my dad wasn't really involved in, um, any of our lives, um, in high school. And so, I have an older sister and an older brother, and we're each two years apart, um, like age-wise. But uh, so, like in high school, I was a freshman, my brother was a junior, and my sister was a senior. Mm-hmm. Um, so then, me going to college then was I was going to be a freshman in college, my brother a junior, my sister a senior again. But um, yeah, it was, at that point, I was being I, my mom was a single mom, and putting the three of us through college. Uh, my sister is brilliant um, and she went to Wake Forest University. And at the time, my mom was actually working there. So she got like a really, really humongous um, cut off of her tuition to go to Wake Forest. And my brother went to, went to UNC Charlotte um, and he actually played baseball there too. But um, I remember my scholarship when I signed, um, I was on a 75% scholarship and whatever I had left over because of my financial aid was actually then going to pay for my brother's school as well. Oh, so awesome. it was like, a I don't really, I never really appreciated it at the time. And thinking back now, I think it's just like the values that my mom instilled in us. And like, we were really the four of us where we were just like in it together to help each other through everything. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I think that was that may have been part of it. Um, no. I, don't, I don't honestly remember, but I feel like that was probably part of it too. Um, Kate, wasn't there like yeah. a, also someone else that we went to? There was someone else that we both know that went to Wake Forest. I don't know who he is. There, he's like, I don't <laughs> there know. is someone. He's like he may. I don't know if you guys he have may... heard of him. Yeah. He's just like a tiny. He's yeah. He's just a little famous. I don't know um, who he is though, but. Yeah, so his name, I believe, his name is Chris Paul, but I'm not actually sure. I think, am I saying it right? Am I, I think you are right? saying it okay, right. Okay, okay. Right. Right. Sick brag, guys. Sick brag. <laughs> no, Trevor, I actually remember. So I was I was a huge Tar Heel fan growing up. I still am a huge Tar Heel fan. And, like, my sister went to Wake Forest. My mom worked at Wake. Chris went to Wake, and he was friends with my brother. And, like, you know, we all knew Chris. And um, I remember going to like a game. yeah so I remember going to a game um a Wake Forest game because my mom was really good friends with all the coaches and everything um so we were going to a game and one of the like I think it was one of the tickets and that meant we were behind Forest bench and my mom was like whatever you do and I went with my brother and my mom was like whatever you do do not wear a Carolina shirt, Caitlin. Like, please, like, do not do this to me. One of the coaches gave us these tickets. Do not do this to me. So I'm like, okay. Obviously, oh. I wore a Carolina shirt. Like, I had to. How am I going to a, a Carolina game and not wearing a Carolina shirt? 
this was also at the time when Rayshon Terry, who yeah, played for yeah, Reynolds yeah. High School, who was one of our like arch rivals right. in basketball, um, was also playing at Carolina. And so it was like, I'll never forget. I'm not even kidding. I'll never forget the look on Chris's face. And he like shook his head at me. And I was like, oh my God. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Like at that point, you're like, damn. Like I don't, I don't even know. I'm really sorry. Well, like I don't even know. What seeing to say. Chris Paul, how his attitude is, he probably just never talked to you again after that. You know, his. Uh... <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, yeah. He was like, all right, well, oh. you know, that's. that's, that's... <laughs> oh man, uh, no, nah, we love Chris. Yeah, no, <laughs> his. Uh, I, I think his attitude, the way he approaches things, is very uh, intense, and I appreciate that. So that's that's you yeah, know, um, definitely. Yeah, I mean that's a you know just you know going through high school and stuff. That you know, kudos to your mom. First of all, that's you know incredible. You know, in terms of getting you guys to college, and you guys are almost you know like a team of four, right? You were talking about yeah you know, after each other. So that's is there? Can you maybe like talk speak on that a little bit? You know how that was growing up. You know in a, in a single mom household and and. You know, the you talk you talk briefly on like the values and stuff that you were brought up with, but maybe expand on that a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Um, so I'm I'm gonna give you guys probably too much information about my life. So say fully, I was raised in a single by a single parent um, because I, you know, my dad was around for most of my childhood. I'll say, uh, but mm-hmm. again. It was a it was a really abusive uh, physically, mentally. The, the the like mental abuse was probably was by far the worst um, than anything physical that he could have done to us. Um, and honestly, my mom got the brute of it. And uh, yeah, so he was there. <laughs> but um, but it was also this is, this this is good really... though, because it leads into what you're doing now. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it was also this like really weird thing at home because, and I feel like this is what I don't, I don't know. I, I feel like I've heard people from abuse talk about this some, a lot is that, you know, it was like, we were living two different lives. So outside of the house, um, everything was like, to me, a show, um, because we were this happy family and we'd go to church together and I was raised Catholic. Um, and we would play was my baseball coach and you know like everybody knew him he was a great coach I always feel like I knew him as a coach more than a dad um Mm. and so yeah I mean like I said he was there but really I mean and my mom was um after she I I really I'm very lucky to have such a such a close family Uh, my uncle actually helped my mom leave my dad um and get us out of that situation um and bought her a house and bought her a car and we with coming from nothing with how I was raised in my immediate family and just having someone to really like rescue us from Mm -hmm. this really uh, intense, difficult, painful um, situation was really incredible. So yeah, we, we really are like the four of us um, are this like really close uh, bunch and we're like best friends and it's really cool. Um, And so yeah, I, I don't know. We've just always supported each other a, a lot. And um, throughout college, I would say we got a lot closer um, as, as like, teenage girls. It was always rough with me and my sister. But um, we got a lot closer uh, <laughs> as we got older. And we're – I mean, now it really is, like, my brother and sister are, like, two of my closest friends. And so is my mom. I mean, my mom is really, truly one of my best friends. Um, 
But yeah, I, I, I will say one of the things from childhood, I learned how to smile all the time. Um, mm, mm. I learned that people wouldn't ask me about my life if I was smiling and if I looked happy. Um, I later learned as I got older that that didn't really work for me and that I had like one of my teachers who was also um, my PE teacher. He would tell my mom actually like what I was eating and what I wasn't eating and I never knew that I had like this other like angel of a teacher who was really truly looking out for me. Um, Our listeners hear that? Look out for your teachers because they're awesome and amazing. So. Seriously, <laughs> Trevor is one of them. <laughs> yes, but um, yeah, the, I did. I learned. Teacher. I learned how to smile um, as I was I was young too. So nobody would ask questions, and everybody thought I was happy. And once when you think somebody's happy, nobody cares anymore. And. Uh, I think that's carried on to where I am today and how positive I am and like smiling all the time. And I know that like, you know, shit's hard sometimes, but I've always felt like shit's hard all the time. I can't even say sometimes shit is hard. Um, Life period. is hard. Right? Exactly. <laughs> period. <laughs> shit. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I really felt like, I don't know. It's this funny thing about smiling. Like, I feel like we've always thought that like, we've been taught that something happens so then we smile because of it but um i also feel like we can control a lot of our emotions and i like act as if we're happy by smiling so like me smiling all the time i instantly can feel happier if i'm like smiling and i can look at myself in the mirror yeah it's crazy (laughs) and did you go did you go to any like therapy or a psychologist or anything when you were a kid or, or or getting older or anything or is it something that you kind of tackled you know with your family and by yourself um yeah I did well so I remember going to therapy when I was a kid um I went I will say um I went through a little bit more than my brother and sister because when when I was younger and I was really young for my age so I went to college when I was 17 um and so with like how all the court stuff was figured out I couldn't actually choose which house to go to until I was 18 and only Mm. stay with my mom Um, so I actually chose (laughs) when I was younger than that. And my junior year in high school, I actually just didn't go back to my dad's house. Um, and we had to go through court and everything like that. And it was one of the scariest moments of my life was thinking I was going to have to face my dad in court. Um, thankfully I'm so grateful to whoever the judges that I had who let me speak in her chambers, uh, because I felt safe and I felt like I could really speak and, and, uh, be honest about where I wanted to be and the pain that mm. I was feeling and the abuse mm. that I was experiencing. So, yeah, I mean, therapy was Look a part of that. that. Yeah, right? I'm so grateful. I have had so, like, I've had so many amazing people in my life that have just, like, saved me. And I don't even know. It's just as, like, I'm so lucky. I'm so grateful to these people who, like, if they could see me today, I'm like, y'all saved me. Y'all are the reason I'm here. Like, I don't mm. even know if you know, but, like, that moment and that decision – that one little decision that you made is like made saved me. Um, yeah. So I don't even know what we were just talking about. No, Kate, that was perfect. <laughs> no, no, we love it. That was, no, that's no. And, and yeah, I mean, that's, kind of, that's, you know, that's big to say, cause I'm sure all those same people, you know, they, it, even if they didn't know what they were doing, they were, you know, looking out for the best interest. And, you know, I think sometimes that gets lost, right. Of how many, you know, as, yeah. as, as there are shitty people out in the world, there's also a lot of good people. There's right? so, yeah. many yes. good people. so many good yeah. people. Yeah. We just don't, and, and, the and, good people just don't get the shine. Right. They just is, don't right. get the shine. Exactly. 
Yeah, they're the offensive linemen of, of the football team. You know, they, <laughs> right. they do all the work and they get, they get no right. yeah. Yeah. Yes. So, no, uh, that, no, that's, uh, yeah, no, that's, that's incredible. I mean, that, that's, you know, that speaks a lot to kind of what me and Trevor talk about a lot and, you know, in this podcast, you know, just the impact little things and, and, and yeah. individual actions and small things like that can have and be, you know, monumentous to you whereas like you know for them it's they're just doing what they think is the right thing in the right time right? yeah you know, we're having the right conversation absolutely so so you so you went to jmu i went to and jmu played softball yeah and you played softball there and so how was how was it the softball experience did you enjoy it did you what were you know did you hate it did you ever think about giving up I or did. were you <laughs> locked it yeah <laughs> i did a couple times um i did that i definitely did think about quitting a couple times um but I didn't. I stuck with it. Um, I definitely love it more now. Um, I didn't appreciate it as much at the time. I loved my teammates. Um, absolutely love my teammates. We were good. Yes. We had so much talent and we had so much young talent. Um, and it was fun. And I actually got, I actually played uh, second base in high school. Um, I played outfield like once or twice um, on my travel team. I actually got recruited by JMU as an outfielder, which is really funny because um, wow. they saw one play of a diving catch of mine and they recruited me as an outfielder. Um, so I played all-star. <laughs> no, that, not all that. That's, 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 all that. <laughs> that's, that's crazy though. You said they saw one play. We talked to a yeah. guy not too long ago who they, they announced his name one time on like the, uh, on the big board. Big and that's board, how yeah. he ended up getting his, on his GA, his GA position like a year and a half later. Right. Cause they remembered his name. So that's, that's crazy. crazy. You know, one play, one thing, one little thing. One right. little thing. Back right. to it. So, yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah. So I did, I played um, outfield my freshman year and then I played second base um, after that. And um yeah, I mean, now I wouldn't trade it for the world. I mean, that I learned so many things from softball and being a part of a team and just, like, looking out for each other. And so many of those skills that I learned, um, just, like, uh, I don't – I can't think of the right word, but they're so, they're so useful now in my life and with work and your career and just, like, working with people in general, I feel like um, – so, yeah, I think that I appreciate it more now. I love being a part of something, and we were pretty good, like I said, and, and now I'm proud of them and so, like, happy to rep JMU. Not that I wasn't back then, but it just, <laughs> I think it was something that I was in the moment and not really able to appreciate how much it would benefit me in my life in the future. Mm. Mm-hmm. Right. That, you know, it's like the saying, you know, you, you don't know you're in the good old days, so you're no longer in them, right? Yeah, you know, that's definitely. always kind of how it is. So, and I think there's, that's, you know, that there's, only, there's not only one group of that. There's always different chapters, but I mean, you know, I, I know I was the same way in wrestling. There was times where I was really locked in, loved it, was all about it. And there's other times where I'm like, what am I doing to my body or my <laughs> mental capacity right now? And, and, you know, and then you realize when you're done, you're like, man, that was such a short period of time. Yeah. You know, I had such a great time with all my teammates, the camaraderie, right. That's something, you know, what, so, and I, you know, to bounce off of that, right. Like after, what did you go to school for and what did you graduate with? But like, did that camaraderie, did you feel when you got out of college was something you missed? I know it was something that I dealt with and, you know, I'm getting graduated of almost five years now. And it's something I still to this day, kind of, you know, like try to always find a group of friends or people like that. It's like a, a team. Right. So. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, it was definitely something that I missed, but I think that now, like, it's really funny to still talk to, we, I still talk to a lot of my old teammates now, um, which is cool, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
So, um, so okay. Now you are done with school. Um, yeah. And you you move. I would like to, yeah. And then you move, and then something, as you already mentioned, um, your childhood, but like some something else happens. <laughs> like something. Yes. Something. Uh, but this, but this is just so good because this. I think to our listeners, this this um thing really puts you and for me i have no idea as trevor is giving as little as possible yeah yeah, um, yeah. So, yes yeah. well so and you asked me um about therapy also and i did do therapy as i was a kid obviously i talked about that but therapy is also a part of my life now and right. i actually graduated with a degree in social work and and psychology um wow and so and I, when i was in college i all the all the time um, and but then I eventually settled on I, I have a BSW um, a bachelor's in social work and so yeah so then I became like a social worker but I wasn't a social worker right out of school I was actually a probation officer um, I really loved the criminal justice system and I wanted to be a positive light um, and really just um, I feel like I had a really awesome inter- I had a really awesome internship when I was in college and it was at one of the, uh, God, I can't even, I don't even remember if it was a jail or a prison. And now I feel really bad for not knowing the difference. I can't, I can't remember. And I'm really sorry for that place. Um, <laughs> no, no, this is serious. There is a difference because I feel like corrections has been a part of my life. Throughout. All the probation it's, officers yeah. that are listening are shaking their head that you're right now. Because... <laughs> well, yeah. Well, they and gave I was you this great dressed... internship. You know, remember who they are? Come on. No, no, I remember <laughs> the probation office. This was like my I'm internship kidding, in I'm college. Kidding. Yeah, yeah. But then I became okay. So I was a probation officer. I loved it. But then I ended up getting another job and working with people living with AIDS and HIV um, at the. Um, it's it actually no longer exists. But after college, I moved to Charlottesville, Virginia, um, mm. and that was where I was actually working with people living with HIV. Um, but were incarcerated or um, about to be released. And so I was teaching like, um, I would say it's kind of like sex education, but it was all about like risk reduction. And so really preparing the men and women for release um, and making sure that everything was set up for them when they would, when they would get released. And um, unfortunately that organization, I was there for a really long time and I was at the time, um, like a social worker. So I was like an old school case manager. Um, and I was working with, uh, about six clients. Um, and who the, this was then like my job kind of changed. And then I really started working with people, um, who were living with HIV, but also were having like, uh, had serious, uh, mental health issues. And, mm. um, and so <laughs> I was, um, yeah, I, I honestly got really burnt out from social work is what ended up happening. And I had a therapist at the time. I feel like that's been a huge part of my life is this like mental health and mental wellness is has always been a part of my life. Um, but then, uh, let's see, five years ago, uh, 2015, I ended up moving to Baltimore um, to be closer to my family. And because everyone had already moved like up to the Baltimore and D.C. area. And then, um, yeah, that was in 2015. Um and started working at another nonprofit here. I ended up getting into nonprofit fundraising and was working for uh, Maryland Legal Aid um, and then left there to work for uh, Maryland Volunteer Lawyer Service. 
two really great legal services organizations um, serving, helping people out with attorneys um, who don't have access. So let's see, a year after, um, a year after I had moved to Baltimore, um, we're actually coming up on the anniversary. Actually, this will be the four-year anniversary. Um, I experienced a house fire, um, which really rocked my world, changed my life again, um, I'll say. Um, I lost everything that I had, and that was dogs. Um, wow. And I had moved to Baltimore by myself, so it was just me and them. Um, I had gotten them with a partner, a previous partner of mine, and we had raised them together. But then, um, yeah, I moved. We split, and I moved to Baltimore, um, and I lost them. And I really, really, really struggled with my identity and who I was without my dogs. And I feel like anyone with a dog, with a pet, well, I, I feel like you, it's like this other, it's a whole different type of love. Mm. Um, and I didn't know who I was without them. Um, and because my whole schedule for the past, they would, they would have been seven. Uh, they were about, they were almost seven. And, um, my whole schedule for the past six and a half ish years had revolved or six years had revolved around their lives. My entire schedule. What I did before work, what I did after work, they were both puppies when I got them or young. They were both under one when I got them. And so now I was in this space of like, what the fuck do I do? Who am I? Right. I have no idea. Like I've always been a dog mom. Like I've always been that nurturer for them. And we've had each other through this, like moving to Baltimore together. And then it was like, I'm here, I'm here by myself. And right. Like that was part of your identity that was just kind of basically like a race off the board with no yeah. yeah um and i was actually out of town when it happened which made it even worse because i wasn't able oh, wow. to see them or say goodbye uh my partner at the time um he was at work when it happened um and uh in in baltimore city um uh, anywhere let me just say in this nation um people's lives have different values where you live um, and at the time I had to, my, I had a pit and a lab and pit mix and people, um, discriminate against breeds and, um, a lot of houses you can't actually live with pits. And so I was living in this neighborhood, Westport, which I loved Westport. A lot of people didn't understand why I loved Westport, but I am a person of like the people and I am like, if I love a city, it's because I love the people in that city. Like all the other bullshit that happens, like shitted on excuse my language all the time no you're good but baltimore you're is good. a good ass city and there are so many incredible people here if you just would talk to them like if you just talk to people there's so many incredible people so um yeah where i was in um in westport uh the firemen actually wouldn't even go into my house um i remember talking to one of them on the phone because uh, one of my neighbors actually called me and i was on facetime and so i could actually see the fire i could see my house because he didn't know it was wow. facetime um and he t asked me the type of dog i had he asked me what breed of dogs they were and i told him and i would regret that decision every freaking day like i will never i can't they were pits, but I remember telling them that they were pit bulls. And then I panicked and said, but they're really, really nice. They're super friendly. 
I had a fenced in backyard at the time. They could have gone in and back, uh, but they never actually went into the house. He told me that my dogs were going to be fine and that he wasn't going to go in. The horrible thing is my next door neighbor. So it was a row home. Uh, my next door neighbor was also in her house and her son had to go in and save her life because the fire. And it's just wow. horrible. And that's, that's what my partner at the time, he got home. He rushed home from work after I called him. And he was the first one into the house. He opened the door and then all the smoke and shit busted out. Not a fireman. The firemen were after him, which is just like the level of service. And it's, it's horrible. And I wish, and these are things that like, I, things that I think about now or when I think back about the fire. And again, is actually coming up next month uh so it's really fresh for me right now yeah um i wish and this is horrible but this is the united this is like where we live i wish he would have turned the phone around and saw me and i hate that i am saying that but i wish he would have seen who i was and seen you know that i'm this like a, a white woman and living in a Westport and I have pit bulls and it doesn't freaking matter, but it does. And I wish that he would have seen me. I wish he would have seen what I looked like because I feel like he would have saved their lives. And that's fucked up. And I know it's fucked up because I'm saying, I just, I know it. I know that I, if I lived in a different neighborhood, they would have saved a goldfish. Like they would, if it was a different neighborhood in Baltimore city, they would have saved anything. It, it wouldn't have mattered because they would have worried for whatever hell storm was about to come over them. And it just is, it's, it's so horrible. So anyways, <laughs> sorry for my tangent. No, that's I just... fine, Kate. No, perfect. Cause that leads into after from, so, cause I love this story. The, I love what you're saying right now, but, and then, so what comes after and how do you, how do you just tell the listeners? Yeah. What, yeah. What, what happens Happiness. And, how, and how you get to where you are now? Cause I think that's, that's the good part, though. I think we, we definitely... Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, um, sorry for my tangent, everyone. Um, no, it's perfect. It's fun. I just... Um, yeah, so afterwards... So so fitness. Um, fitness has been a part of my life here and there all the time. Um, I definitely... I would say before the fire happened, I worked out. I did the typical, like, uh, go do some... A little bit of weights, like light weights with some dumbbells, and then just do some cardio and some stuff, and, like, really quick little workouts, and um, I wasn't, I, I would say I didn't really have a ton of goals. I just, um, was just working out to work out and I would go every so often. I didn't go all the time. It wasn't something that, you know, I was super dedicated to. So then the fire hit and, uh, um, about a year after the fire, after like struggling with my own identity and, and who depression and just like trying to figure out who I was, um, I walked into a gym in December of 2017 and the fire happened in October of 2016. Uh, so it was a little over a year later and I walked into Under Armour, which is in Baltimore city. Um, and I'll never forget the trainer, the guy who was doing my assessment. Um, I'll never forget. Uh, I believe his name is Tim. Tim, I'm really, really sorry if you are listening to this or if you listen to this, I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, yeah, my name's not Tim. Right. <laughs> um, yeah, I remember him asking me like how I've been and what's like the past year looked like. And I remember like seriously, like 
just straight face. Well, you know, it's been really fucked up. And like, I imagine <laughs> him being like, and I remember like just offloading. And I feel so sorry for him. Just like, yeah, I went through fire and da da da, and lost my dogs, and now I'm super depressed, and da da da. And he was like, oh, that really is fucked up. He's like, I didn't think that's what you were going to say. And I was like, yeah, <laughs> it's pretty fucked. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I changed everything I used to do in a gym. Um, I actually invested in this program called Thinner, Leaner, Stronger. Um, I believe it's by Mike Matthews, Michael mm. Matthews. Um, mm. And it's all about weightlifting. Um, and that's it. And I had always been afraid to lift weights as a woman because I was always told or I'd always heard that it just made women bulky and I'd look like a man. Um, and if you've seen me, I feel like I have a super short haircut and like probably, you know, like probably at that time I was probably super self-conscious about my hair or I have been about my hair in the past. So I'm like, oh my God, I don't want to look like a man. I want to be feminine also. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I never lifted. And then weightlifting for me and this program, this thinner, leaner, stronger program, truly like saved life because it was... Something that I didn't have to think about, I could go into the gym, I had this program set aside for myself that was already written down, I could write stuff down in my books, um, and weightlifting gave me the physical strength mm. when I didn't have it mentally, emotionally, it was just this place of like safety and like strength, I don't even know another word, it was just... I don't know. I fell in love with weightlifting. I fell in love with how it made me feel. And then what came after that was my like emotional strength and was my like mental health followed because it was so much more than it became so much more than just lifting to me. And it really became this like, I want to be strong as fuck. Like I'm just done. I'm done, done. Like I'm done being weak minded, being, being weak physically like I wanted to be strong and I once I had started on that like path I just feel like I haven't stopped and I there's it's really funny because I was I was actually talking to my therapist today um and I was talking to her about Arya which is which is my dog now and I was like I attribute now post-fire so now I talk about my life in like pre-fire post-fire um, right. And I talk about my life and I'm like, there are two things that like really brought me joy and gave me like brought me the Kate who I am today. And I would say Aria, who's my like maniac hype as fuck dog um, <laughs> and weightlifting. Um, weightlifting has saved my life. Like I get so emotional talking about it because I just have gotten so much from it. And it's just so empowering just to feel like this strong ass fucking woman. And for the listeners out there as well, if I'm going to shameless plug here, Kate on um, Instagram has created an awesome and and she's now empowering and um, inspiring many other women as well. She is, humbly doesn't want to say those things um, <laughs> she she has um and i want to speak a little bit yeah has yeah Kate, i think i mean you should speak on that i think that's, yeah i, think I that's can talk what, on it yeah, i like right. i liked seeing what you were gonna say i appreciate that 
Um, yeah. So I meet for me now, um, I will say my philosophy now is really, I'm all about weightlifting. I'm all about being strong, but I really, really, really am doing what I do to dispel the myths around weightlifting and women. Um, there is so much science behind how good it is for our muscles, for our bones to have resistance training and to lift weights. Um, and I just feel like we've been told as women so many times over and over again um, that this is something that's bad for us and that people will judge you or you'll look funny or you'll look however someone doesn't want you to look. Um, but honestly, and speaking for myself, I have the best body I have ever had in my life throw out sock college athlete. I don't care. Like, I don't care what I looked like back then. I don't care what I looked like, you know, before this, before the fire happened, I have the best body I have ever had in my life. I feel the best I have ever felt in my life. Um, and I just am just, I want to share what I feel with other women. Like I wish that I could just like empower every woman to just like be strong as fuck. Cause I wish they, I just want people to know that. how awesome <laughs> it is. Like it's so, it's such an awesome feeling to just be like, oh, it's just such a wonderful feeling. <laughs> and I really do want to share it with women and for like all the shit that we go through and like all the Speak struggles. On it. Speak on it. Yeah. <laughs> all the struggles that we've been through. Um, it's really, really awesome to also feel that fucking strong. There's something about being under a barbell and just, it's just you and the barbell. And like, that's it. Like it's, that's it. That's all, that's all it is. And it's just this, like, I feel like I'm, I could write a love letter to a freaking barbell because it's so special, um, to feel as strong. About breaking as your own boundaries, right? Like breaking your, breaking all those boundaries. Absolutely. Like that's the. The ceiling, you're pushing through. When you're when you're at the bottom of the squat, you're like, I'm gonna die down here, or the bottom of the clean. You're like, okay, get through this boundary. It's just yes. another thing, like in life, right? Get Absolutely. over the hurdle, get past the wall. Yeah. yeah, and and everybody always talks about like the fear of failure, the fear of failure. But like, I feel like I'm like on some. <laughs> I love Gary Vee, um, but he talks about failing and how good failing is for us. And I'll never forget. I like texted, I called one of my best friends and I was like, yo, I failed a squat today. And it was like one of the coolest experiences I'd ever had because I just had to drop the bar. Like we have the safety rack. I had the safety racks up, but I had to just drop underneath the bar. And I was like, oh my God, that was so dope. Because then that got me to my next weight. And so like, right. I, it just was like, oh, that was not hard. Like it was, I didn't get hurt. I did I, you know, I dropped the bar. It was, it was a great feeling. And then the next week I came in and lifted more than that. And it was just like, I just had to get out of my head and get away from that, like push that push past that fear and just like, just fucking do it. Cause really at the end, I, I wasn't going to get hurt. Everything was already set up. I knew I learned a lot about form on my journey. Um, I learned, I had to totally relearn how to lift, um, and so I knew everything. And then it's like, all right, I can, I can do this. And, and if I fail, I fail. And then I'm going to get back up and I'm going to keep getting stronger and I'm going to keep working. And that's what I want to do. Now. And, and so, and I think it's really interesting too, especially in like the time we're in now with, with, with COVID, right. Cause you talk like the two things that you feel like, you know, was obviously your dog and then, you know, weightlifting <laughs> when, when Corona hit and, you know, like oh, man. mentally, did that, did that affect you? Like mentally, I'm, you know, I, you know, just like all of us, you know, like that are, you know, still working out and trying to find like the little things to do at home and everything else. But like you said, there's, there's a big difference between 
you know, doing 150 jumping jacks to a TV and then going to a gym and actually, you know, lifting, getting under heavy weight and stuff like that. So how was that? Was that a challenge for you? Was it something that, you know, became a big block for a period of time or were you able to kind of get through it? No problem. Um, yes. To, to all the blocks. Um, <laughs> it was hard. It was really hard. Um, I, so at the beginning of COVID, my, my salary actually got cut in half. Um, and I do actually work another job. I do most, I do love fitness and do a tons of fitness and I promote fitness and that's my goal for my future. Um, but yeah, I, and I'll never forget the way that I felt that day because I was like, if I'm feeling like I'm struggling, I run on like a positivity level of, I don't even know. I run super high. <laughs> like I run on a high and that's how I try to be happy. And I like being, I love being happy and I love being happy around the people. And I like, I really do. Tr I'm like hype all the time. It's weird and funny. No, it's great. It's <laughs> That's a good thing. It's yeah, that, that's a great thing. We, we like those people. We love those yes. people. Yes, we love I them. can tell from how you guys are on this. Um... <laughs> I think we're also two of those kinds of people. Yeah, too, so absolutely. Probably... absolutely. <laughs> uh, but I remember feeling like if this is how I'm feeling and I'm feeling this helpless and this like gyms are closed. I just my salary just got cut like this is crazy. If I'm feeling this like deflate defeated. Um, I just really wanted to help as many people as I possibly could through social media. And I was like, you know what? this is the time, like, this is the time I'm going to put out just like free workouts. I need to help people as much as I possibly can. Um, because if I'm struggling, I had a, with my background in mental health, um, I had this huge fear of suicide and how our suicide rates were going to skyrocket because of COVID and not being able to see each other in person and do everything that we've known what to do and people and jobs being lost I was terrified so I really was like I need to do whatever I can to promote rather than just using my Instagram to take cute pictures in the gym or take like badass pictures of me bench pressing or badass videos of me squatting I don't have that anymore I need to pivot my direction and I need to put out free at-home workouts and so that's kind of what I started doing um I I honestly struggled um i i started just working out for instagram i just started doing it for the gram um because i felt like i was struggling without having weights um and just having to relearn workouts and how i could really get use my body in different ways um so that i could really feel the weight of my body and feel the resistance of my body and still get those same similar benefits that i get from the gym so yeah, I definitely went through um, a spell of like, I just needed to get off social media. I needed to, I, for like a hot second. Uh, but I also love fitness so much that like a hot second to me was like, I think it was maybe like a week and a couple. Right. <laughs> I'm ready. Let's go. I'm ready. I'm ready to help again. Let's do this. Um, yeah. So I actually started working a lot more with resistance bands and like kind of fell in love with resistance bands um, and doing putting out programs for that. So I would say right now, like, especially with fitness, um, I also I so I got certified in personal training, like right before. Oh, COVID. shit. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So, you know, perfect right. timing and everything. Um, <laughs> yeah. And so I was also I'm also in this space and I still am now that it, I know how hard it is. I understand how hard it is because I'm living it and I'm still not on a full salary. And I like, it's hard. It's really life. The world is heavy as fuck. And so for me with fitness, 
I just want to make fitness as accessible as possible to whoever wants to move. So even right now, it's like, I'll still, I don't do it as often as I was because gyms are reopening. Um, but I still try to put workouts out um, on my social media. I also do a lot of stuff in person. And I actually train people on the side and don't charge anything because I'm like, you want to move? I want to help you move. This is a tough time. I want to help you achieve your goals. And I'm not in it for the money. I never have been. And it just is really, truly, I mean, eventually, I know I need to make a living. But right now, um, I just want to help people move who want to move. Mm. And, and that's awesome. truly make it as accessible as possible. And just, like, remove all the barriers to fitness um, for whoever wants to be a part of it. No, that's, that's really, really more. cool. That's, <laughs> yes. All right now, now, where are you getting all of your like? I'm sure you know. As you know, I, I got really into nutrition for a while and everything else. So you know, you're always trying to dive into new information and and learn more, right? Yeah. And uh, where are you getting, uh, you know, your your information? Which actually, thinking about it now, I got into nutrition after I got done wrestling, which makes no sense. I should have probably done that in college. <laughs> but um, but yeah, I mean, just are you are you reading books? Are you online? Are you know? Are you doing classes? Like, kind of, where do you get your information and the science and all the stuff like that? Like, what's your main, I guess, media that you yeah, use? Yeah, um, medium. I would say both. I do a lot of read. I do a lot of reading with books. I like to hear a lot of different people's perspectives um, on things, and then kind of make my own from those. Um, I do take like training courses um, and like continuing education credits. Um, I also just. Uh, recently in the past couple of weeks started an internship um, with a gym here in Baltimore city called OPEX. Um, really, really congratulations. Awesome. Thank you. Um, I am hyped to be a part of the OPEX family and be learning from them uh, because they're all about like fitness and health and like holistic, taking a holistic approach um, mm. to wellness truly. And so really thinking about, we're not just in here for weightlifting. We're not just in here for like functional fitness and to like be healthy and have a healthy lifestyle. We're really also looking at like, or OPEX also like looks at sleep and hormones and nutrition and menstrual cycles and those are just like, I'm so excited to learn through that experience too. So I do read my own stuff and read my own books and um, look at, learn a lot of stuff online and do classes online. But I'm also like, I really think that a lot of it's been for me too of like what programs that I do with people, I'm, I'm never going to make you do something that I wouldn't do. Um, and so I truly believe in this type of the programs that I build for people as well. Um, because I want it to be something that people love. So right. learning everything that I have about fitness and really, I mean, going through my certification program, um, I had to learn a lot more about the, the human physiology um, and just how muscles work together and how the body moves. And, and um, yeah, it's been, I think another thing with, for me too is offering one thing, even before COVID hit, right after I got certified, I was, I really wanted to offer free personal training so that I could learn through practice. Um, and I, yeah, I feel like it's a combination of kind of everything. Mm. No, that's, I mean, I, and I, I think I could speak for everyone and people that are listening and Trevor as well, just, you know, you can hear and feel your passion, right? Yeah. And how, how motivated, motivated you are towards fitness and how, 
how much it's affected you and how you, much you believe, you know, in the, in the, in the wellness of it and how it's going to affect other people. So, I mean, that's, and that's yeah. a very important thing, right? You know, you hear people all the time say, I love what I do. And then you talk to them and you're like, well, it doesn't really sound like it. You know, where's the passion at? <laughs> so, uh, you know, and then, and then going off that, cause I, I, I know you got to get out of here and everything, but the, we always ask this question uh, kind of towards the end and just, you know, in terms of, you know, the two things are, is, you know, what is, you know, continuing, continuing to inspire you, you know, to this day. And then, um, and what do you, you know, what's your ultimate goal, you know, and what do you see? And then also, um, you know, if there was, uh, you know, uh, someone else out there that listens and wants to get into fitness or, or, or another, another Kate that's out there that's listening to you and, you know, and in high school or whatever, and has these goals or wants to accomplish things, kind of what would your advice be to, to them? I really like those questions. Um, okay. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> what keeps me inspired? Honestly, I just, I love how happy people are and how like after they're moving and like how happy they feel to be healthy and how happy they feel to move. And that's what inspires me. I mean, I just want to, to help people feel that. Like I want to help you have this love for, for movement. Um, and so my, my goal is actually, I, I really do my down the road. Um, I would love to have my own gym. I would love to partner with, um, like a nonprofit women's organization, um, and just like mm. help women of who were, um, victims or survivors of domestic, I would say domestic violence survivors. Um, I want to use like empower, you know, powerful words here, um, to, feel that same strength again. So I would love to do that. I would love to be able to just like teach and empower women through, through being strong. Um, if there was a, another Kate out there, I would say, girlfriend, it is dope as hell to be strong as fuck. Do that. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> yes. That's what I would say. Because that I, I truly, I mean, that's really what I, it's so fucking cool. So like, Go, don't listen to the haters because there are so many people out there who have tried to tell me otherwise or tried to teach me otherwise, or there's so many different programs and so many different supplements and so many of these things. And and it's all noise. Like, like do be strong as fuck. Like it's so dope. It's so dope. (laughs) No, that's awesome. That's awesome. I mean, that's, that's, I mean, that's powerful. I mean, that's, that's, you know, you you don't have to say a lot to say, you know, you don't have to say a lot to say a lot, right? Like that's, that's powerful. Right. So is there, so now, you know, I have to ask you where, what, where can people find you on either social media, if they want to reach out or if they want to, you know, get in touch with you or wherever, you know, you have Instagram or anything like that yeah. you want to drop. Yeah, absolutely. Sure. Go ahead. You shout yourself out a little <laughs> bit. Yeah, go ahead. Sure. Feel free to reach out to me. Um, yeah, so I'm on Instagram. My um, IG is Kate, K-A-I-T, Wernsing, uh, W-E-R-N-S-I-N-G. I think I'll be hopefully on the episode title also. Um, and we'll then, be, yes, and we'll, and we'll tag you on the, our Instagram and hopefully we'll get you like three more followers. <laughs> yes, I love, it. I love it. I love it. Or um, none. <laughs> that's okay. It's okay. Um, and then, yeah, I also have a Facebook, um, account. I think it's just Kate Lynn Wernsing Fitness, Kate Wernsing Fitness, something like that. Um, mostly Instagram. Feel free to reach out. Honestly, I respond to everyone. I don't care who you are. Um, I literally respond to everyone. Um, go ahead and slide into my DMs, message me. I, yeah, I would love to hear from you and love to talk through and answer any questions that you have about me and my philosophies with fitness and, 
um, weightlifting, um, and all that jazz. No, that's awesome. That's, I mean, I, I, I can tell, and I know just by your mentality, your attitude, and you're, you're, you're going to be doing great things the next time we talk to you. And then down the road, you'll be, you know, we'll be calling you up asking for fitness advice. We may so, not even be able to get, that's, uh, get her. She really, she, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. We'll be talking to, to your secretary. Kate may look at me sideways because I'm, I'm a real big person. <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna be That's like, right. yes, you really are. You're gonna be supporting like the exact opposite person of me. You're gonna be supporting like a triathloner. No, not even triathlon. <laughs> like a marathoner. You're gonna be like right, supporting right. a marathoner and I'll be like, damn. No offense to marathoners. If that's your thing, that's your thing. I'm just not a runner. Um, yeah. Seriously incredible people, but yeah. <laughs> I wish. wish. Awesome. That's funny. Yeah, that's funny. So, Trevor, anything else? You have anything else? No, I just want to say thank you, Kate, for coming on. I really appreciate taking this time to come into our podcast. Always a pleasure talking, and hopefully, we brought some value to some of our listeners. Um, and you know, just continue to appreciate uh, Kate sharing their stories. Um, and wants to be a positive and good light out there. So like we talked about, there's not enough goodness out there. And so hopefully this impactful conversation was good for not just Kate, but, but and Paul and I, but also for, as I keep saying, our 10 to 15 listeners. So thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, as awesome, Kate. Learned a lot. It was a great, great conversation. Just and uh, your your energy, I can tell you tell you right now is going to project the 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 right way for everyone that's listening. So I can't wait back to go back and listen to everything. So thanks so much, Kate. I'd love that. Yeah, thank you all for having me on. For sure. Awesome. Thanks. All right. Peace out, everybody. All right.